0: this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport
1: powered by fans hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film If. if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
2: Three times weekly show looking into the exciting happenings at Ipswich Town Football Club. I'm standing in for the main man, Benjamin Bloom, for this, the flagship show. Ben's away on his holidays at the moment. So I'm joined by two hardcore Ipswich Town fans who are at Rotherham on Saturday. And that is the Renegade Statman, who I believe this is your debut on this show. Is that right? Yep, it is my debut. Easy, Mikey. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. And on the other side... We have Richard Woodward, also known as Ips Rich, the man behind the video content for this channel. Welcome, Rich.
0: Hi, Mikey. How's it going?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you excited for your debut?
0: I am. I've been limbering up all day. I've been, uh, yeah, making sure that I don't talk any nonsense. I've been trying to get the swear words out of my system as well. I think the odd swear's all right. Or, yeah, yeah, I'm doing our swears?
2: So. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll, we'll think about it as we we'll go. Try not to be too. Well, relevant, maybe save them for
0: but... the 90th minute of the Rotherham game, maybe.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to the Rotherham game um, in a, in a few minutes. But first of all, let's wrap up uh, the deadline day, which was obviously on Thursday. Seems like a long time ago now. Um, and getting the ball rolling was Martin Waghorn, who finally got his move to Derby um, for five million plus add-ons. Stout how do you feel about that transfer? Obviously, we saw it coming, but did, did we get the right money for him?
3: Well, I think, you know, when you, know, you read in the press and stuff like that, it sounded like he was certainly interested in hearing what other clubs had to offer. And for me, when, when you've got a player at a club who, who wants to do that, then I think it is time for them to move on. You know, if you just look purely at the balance sheet, £250,000, we, we bought him for and sold him for £5 million plus. Um, I think that, that's a great deal. Uh, involved with lots of goals last season you know i think he scored 16 there was 11 assists and stuff like that but he did have a very sort of barren spell where he went about 10 or 11 games sort of the coming up to the middle point of the season and um well if he like i said you know if he didn't want to be here it's, it's time to move on and, and what certainly martin waghorn did do um with the bringing the transfer fees in was that obviously it gave paul hurst the opportunity to go out and um replace him
2: yeah and <laughs> Quickly after we heard that Waghorn had left, Ipswich announced that we'd signed Toto Niautza and John Nolan from Shrewsbury. Was that good business in your opinion, Rich?
0: Yeah, I think Hurst was always keen to bring them. He obviously, uh, the two guys from Shrewsbury obviously, um, knew them quite well. And they were positions that we were in desperate need of um, with the news with Orphan being out for a few weeks. Um, So, and Jackson clearly... Um, with Waghorn leaving, there was a definite need for some reinforcements up front. I think probably, we'll obviously talk a little bit more later, we're still a bit short there and, and you'll probably talk about Windass and the attempts to bring him in and, and, and then Garner leaving as well. So, yeah, I think we Nolan, Nolan looked good yesterday and is in a kind of midfield position where Hughes, Dezelle have had injuries. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm happy with that level of business. Similar to that, kind of there was feeling that Waghorn was probably looking at you know step up, and let's be honest, Derby unfortunately is. Um, so all in all, I think not really too much to complain about.
2: Yeah, and for you, you mentioned Windass for a couple of hours at least. Yeah. It was a really good deadline day for us, wasn't it? Because we we brought in the two players that we wanted from Shrewsbury. Um, Waghorn obviously got the move that he wanted, and although ideally we wouldn't have to see him go, but yeah, he'd he wanted to move on and he was worth a lot of money so it was worthwhile but yeah we were we seemed to be in for Windass we brought in the two lads from Shrewsbury Um, but then by the end of the day uh, Joe Garner went to Wigan and so did Windass yeah it's
0: difficult to tell whether Wigan did a a number on us there because it seemed that the deals kind of went like dominoes for those two and you kind of wonder whether they kind of got the, the nod for Garner and that was probably going to make us go, right, we'll, we'll step up that interest. And Oh, no, he's already in the building, don't worry. We've got Windows as well. Um, so I don't know whether we were up there. Um But it's definitely, another kind of comment on the transfer window in general is is the starting to think about loans for permanence, try before you buy type situations can be more common. And I don't know whether the Windass was a fee or a loan, but there was the Wimbledon centre-back that came up again and obviously Dynastien's on on loan as well. So that's something that I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of is players coming in on loan with a view to a January deal as well. I think we're going to need them, aren't we?
2: Yeah, definitely. And so, Stat, what, what did you make of Garner being let go? Because obviously there was a, a lot of people paying tribute to Martin Waghorn after he left after one season. He was obviously very popular. But Joe Garner, he was excellent as well, wasn't he, for, for much of the season in what was a pretty poor campaign overall, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I think I think he scored 10 league goals. Um, so, you know, we're it's it another striker that we're going to have to replace, I think, we got him for seven hundred and fifty thousand, and we we sold him for a profit, which was great because I thought we were going to see a, a sort of a cut-price deal, trying to get get rid of him. So we got one and a quarter million, so it's half a million pounds profit. Um, I was never really that keen on him because for the goals that he saw, I couldn't help but not seeing him throwing himself on the floor, trying to win free kicks and stuff. And he he was that that was not my style of football. So you know, we got. You well over well six and a quarter million plus for for Garner and for Waghorn. You know, Mick McCarthy bought the two in for a million pounds. So you know, we have to we have to you know kind of acknowledge the fact that Mick you know got both of those on 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 great great transfer fees. Yep. And has given uh his successor the opportunity to to rebuild the team.
0: Oh, it's another um, player as well that was living quite a long way from Ipswich and had injuries as well. You know, and we talked about McGoldrick a few weeks back and. Him commuting from Nottingham, and obviously if they stay down. That, that to me is kind of, it's good if you can get those players in the building, but it's a bit of a risk. And and yeah, I'm not particularly. If I if I, I don't think if I'd known that uh, sorry Garner was travelling from Manchester a lot of weeks and was suffering those injuries, whether you know whether that would be make sense. So I think that yeah, we'll see how many players we can get who want to live near Ipswich. But certainly Manchester's a hell of a commute.
2: Yeah, and why wouldn't you want to live in Suffolk?
0: I don't. So, I know. Uh, I, I, I don't out.
2: either. But if if I was a professional I if I footballer could. playing at Ipswich, I'd jump at the chance. Well, um, can I can I
3: just big up um, big up my county town? Obviously, you two you know don't live there. I'm looking out uh, over some beautiful countryside. So you're missing out, lads. We are.
2: Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. I am. Um, yeah, I live in Epsom. So yeah, there's not really much to say about that.
0: Shout out to um, the Midlands and it's a lovely climate
2: okay (laughs) right so yeah let's move but even further north than where you are rich and to rotherham we can't delay any further we've got to talk about the game you two hardy souls made the trip up stat it was your first game of the season you were in barcelona last week is that right yeah and you must have gone there expecting a 4-2 win right
3: oh without without a doubt i I stuck my usual fiver on it and i thought well there you go that's 400 pounds that's going in my back pocket um the, the Biggest concern that I had was um, trying to work out who was who, really. Um, you know, we obviously had the, the, the game against Derby where players made their debut and then we were having more players making their debut again uh, against Rotherham. Uh, so that that was my my main concern. But it was a good away following 1,300 people that went up there. It was my son's first away game, so he was desperate to see the 4-2 win that I'd been promising him. Um, so it was really, really good. And we met up, uh, met up with Ipswich and some of the guys from Turnstile Blue in the nineteen fifteen bistro. Yep. And um that that was a good uh good time to have a chat before the game.
2: Excellent. So yeah, you mentioned that you were worried about who you're gonna recognise. I'm not sure I can exactly nail down what the formation was, so please do correct me if I'm wrong on this one. Yeah. Um, were we meant to be, be paying attention,
0: it. Mikey or we I th- I thought Ben writes all the notes and we just kind of Talk chat about stuff. Were we? I, t- I tell to... you what,
3: Rich. The one thing when I was sitting there, I thought, right, take notice of of, of the formation and don't forget the formation. Yeah. So I know what the formation was, but yeah,
0: and, and Bart was in goal. Yeah, With, so then I've it's someone it else's down. turn.
2: Yeah, it's a four-two-three-one.
0: I think so. I but... think it's the midfield. It's the the trio in the middle. So uh, the back four of Nidson, Ensigna, Chambers, and Dynassian. Um The midfield three. I think Chalaber was again the deeper of the three of those. And then uh, Skoos and Nolan making his debut, and then I think Edwards was on the left this week, and Ward was on they the kept, right. They switched a
2: few, they switched they a couple swap of times. around, didn't they? Yeah, on the highlights, it looked like Ward's actually had more of an impact when he was playing over on the left. But yeah, that's not really a pos. It's one of the few positions he didn't play very much last <laughs> season. Was on the left, but apparently um, his
0: favourite position. I, Someone told me, he he said that it's his favourite position. And and I think the only, to be fair, that was the team that probably I was expecting at least. I maybe thought Sears, given he got an assist, um, might uh, get his place um, back. But uh, I think Ward's just for the raw pace and um, yeah, something a bit different, I think maybe. And and obviously the fact he can change sides, it's maybe harsh for Freddie. I think he's got that flexibility as well.
3: I I saw the formation a little bit different in a, I saw it as a 4-1-4-1 4-1 with with Chalobah just sitting in front of the, the uh, Chambers and the Sala. Yep. Um and he he was very very comfortable there and obviously completing the the lineup up front was uh Ellis Harrison. Yep. He was yeah. a well do you want to do do you want to do the Ben bit and take us through some of the the highlights Mikey and then we can um well, so chip no, in with our
2: bit. first of all, I needed to talk you through the Rotherham team, of course, right, which I've got yeah. written down. So they, had, uh, they only made one change from the team that got absolutely pumped at Griffin Park.
0: <laughs> Can't see it. <laughs> can read them Maybe from from That's home. not much
2: use for the podcast. Keep going. There we go, We'll yeah, be back to so fun they, as well. They played with a back four of Viner, Adeyee, Wood and Mattock. Taylor and Newell were in the wide positions with Palmer and Volks in the middle. Vassell came in and he played up front with Michael Smith, which is a good name for a footballer, I think. Mm. Um, so early in the game, the first 20 minutes followed a similar pattern to uh, the Blackburn game seemingly where Ipswich went out and were on top. Is it, would Would you both agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think it was a good purposeful start. Um, so uh, Rotherham were shooting towards us in the away end um, first half, so we got a good look at Nciala and... Um, I think the worry was how he he would communicate with Chambers and Bart, and that was a bit um, iffy to start with. But certainly, uh, as at Blackburn, it was a yeah a very positive start. We were very much camped um, in their half for well for the start, and pretty much the majority of the rest of the first half, frankly, as well.
3: Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And Rotherham offered very little. A lot of the chances, or certainly a lot of the attacks that they had, just seemed to end out going, going out for a throw in for us. And then we immediately got the ball back again. Uh, Chalobah, like I said, just sitting in front of the defenders. He kind of mopped up most things, um, was able to set off a, a few passes and stuff like that. And John Nolan, um, obviously, he, his debut as well was just kind of, you know, working himself into midfield. But, you know, he was being very, very busy. And um, it was certainly very promising in the first, first 20 minutes.
2: Yeah, and then on 22 minutes, uh, Nialsa pinged a lovely free kick which Harrison actually pretty much got under control, but then he got a little bit too close to the goalkeeper who took it. I thought the, the goalkeeper did well, though. I don't think Harrison could have done much more with that chance. But.
0: Yeah, I'm not uh, having seen it back, and I think we thought to at the time with the, you know, the people I was stuck with, that he had the chance to take an early shot there, um, yeah. and probably took the more difficult route, which was to try and take it around the keeper. Um, I think he might have been able to dink it, but it, it's happened very quick, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I thought I thought he should have should have taken more with that opportunity. Like you said, Rich, he he, he got the ball and he, he kind of just as you said, just kept taking it closer to goal when, when there was opportunities I think for him to to certainly put a shot in on goal. Um and that probably sums up his his display in the game I would say. But you know, all credit to um Marek Rodak in, in goal for, yep. for Rotherham. Played played very, very well, made yep. some good saves
2: yeah uh so a few minutes later um and Ipswich have their first penalty shout of the game. It wasn't to be the last um Ward played a lovely reverse ball for for Nolan who was breaking into the box doing exactly what we want him to do uh, and he was brought down under pressure from ade and I'm guessing this wasn't actually a massive penalty shout was it stat
3: no uh we we would be on here fuming about it if that yeah. was uh, you know given against us it was just you know, a, a coming together and, um, you know, it it, it wasn't, there, there's a far more definite penalty shout coming later in the game.
0: I think brought down probably overdoes it a little bit. I think it was a, a coming together, I think, well, I would use the term.
2: Yeah, but it's good to see him in that sort of position though, isn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, he was everywhere so... and
0: he's definitely kind of of the box the box kind of Matt Holland-type Role, albeit I think Ooh, he's Matt he's, Holland. Sorry, yeah, uh, a Marcus Dewitt reference coming later as well. I don't remember <laughs> that. I've got a list of these kind of this is like the Blue Monday kind of sweepstake. Kind of how many things can I tick off? Um, but yeah, he's he's got great feet, really demands the ball as well, but definitely motors around the pitch, which is great. So good to see him and getting on the end of stuff. And uh, a bit unlucky in that situation.
2: That is great to hear. And another man who's making a quick impact at Ipswich is. Edwards, who a few minutes later put a really dangerous cross into the box that Harrison couldn't quite get to. Cole Skews is then in the box. He tees up Donassien who's also flown forward, and he caught the shot really well by the looks of it, but it was deflected out for a corner. But good to see Ipswich throwing bodies forward still, and not just um, moving forward early and then thinking, oh, we haven't scored, we should probably sit back now, as we saw quite often last season. They they seem to just keep going at, at Rotherham. Um, Just before half-time, really neat passing move. Ends with Charleba playing in Jonas Knudsen, who takes it in his stride, never really seemed to have it under full control, and his deflected shot is saved. Um, You'd like to have thought that if that was against Norwich, that would have gone in. Um, But, alas, it wasn't. So, yeah, we went in at 0-0, and you must have been fairly happy with what you'd seen so far, Rich.
0: Yeah, I... I I mean the note that I've got here is and stat and hopefully back me up on this is the atmosphere in, in the ground particularly the home end was just really dour and downbeat you know they've obviously taken a beating last week against Brentford having just come up um, and probably kind of felt man this is like going to be a long old season and first home game for them I didn't really feel there was a huge amount of a positive atmosphere there were moments for them and, and, and Chambers certainly had his hands full with uh, with Smith Um, a few times and there was a few moments where NCR kind of got into trouble and had to get himself out of it but we were generally on top, generally positive you mentioned both Danassi and Anderson being in more advanced positions and that was particularly common but, and and this is a trend that continues into the second half no real clear cut chances some sights, certainly um, but nothing that you could say is a kind of a, a real goal scoring moment
3: I think also you forgot to mention the the chuckle effect that that clearly yeah, had on the exactly, people yeah. at the the New York Stadium. And they, you know, um, it was it was great. Uh, you know, there, there was a, a a minutes applause that I don't know if you remember, Rich, that the uh, the stadium announcer kind of mentioned Barry Chuckle, and then everybody just started clapping. And he yeah. he kept talking through people clapping, and then they kind of stopped, and then he said, and on the referee's whistle, there be a minutes applause, and then people just started clapping again. Um, so that 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 was good. Um, I was I was very pleased with with all the town fans and they, um, you know they they certainly um you know did their part in the in the minutes applause. But, you know one of the things I would say about you, Rich, is that even the atmosphere in in the away end. And I've read a few things on social media about you know people have different views about you know how you should act and what people should be like when you're when you're away from home. Um, but you know it, clearly some. Some of our fans still need to, you know, have a proper pre-season because they were just, you know, quite quiet and, yeah. you know, let,
2: let, seems to let... be a lot of Ipswich fans sat down behind the goal. Like, yeah. I'd say a lot more than half, which is I don't think that's ever a particularly good sign. I'm but not I saying that you shouldn't sit down. I'm just saying that quite often a sign that the atmosphere isn't particularly good in the away end.
0: And I think we got sucked into that to an extent. I, I totally agree with that. that you know that we were. Um, right on the left-hand side, with a kind of a block, an extra kind of block of a few chairs, and there was some guys doing their best to kind of get everyone roused. and it was, they were getting really frustrated as well and shouting quite quite rude stuff at the supporters. The kind of we're the away supporters, you know, it's 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 our job to kind of get behind the team. And and as I say, I, the home atmosphere didn't help us, I don't think. And the fact that probably there was a bit of frustration that we'd been so dominant but didn't really have anything to show for it.
2: Okay, so. We started the second half a little bit flat, maybe reflective of the, the atmosphere that you've just mentioned. But on the hour mark, um, Nolan takes aim from about 25 yards out. And it, great strike, wasn't it? But just wide stat, did you think that one was going in? Yeah, I, I
3: certainly did. I think, you know, Nolan was, you know, was was very good in the game, you know, considering it was his debut. And obviously only met the and trained with the players, I'm, I'm guessing once or twice at the very most. Um, but yeah, I... Yeah, I certainly felt that if we were going to score a goal, it wasn't going to come from from in the box. Um, Ellis Harrison—it was the first time that I've that I've seen him—and you know, I, we have to appreciate there's a step up for him from from Bristol Rovers. Um, so, not making the judgment on the player at all, but certainly in that game, he didn't really show me a great deal that he was the sort of player that could just play up up front by himself. Yeah. He seemed he seemed quite weak. Uh, but you know, all credit to um, Rotherham's two centre so You know, they, they they did a great job. But yeah, I, I certainly thought you know with that Nolan chance that this is where this is where we're going to score goals. You know, they're going to be from long shots or free kicks, and unfortunately, that didn't happen with Nolan there.
0: I mean, on Harrison because um, he's at this point he's going to be substituted quite shortly after that. I think it's a fair yeah. point that. He was isolated. I kind of feel sorry for him. It was a similar story at Blackburn, actually, um, in that you kind of looked at him and thought well, he's getting through a lot of work. He's putting himself about a bit. Some of that is a little bit misdirected. There are a few kind of naughty or late lunges in there. But I, I, I agree with Stat that I think he's he's not ready to lead the line on his own. And, and coming back to our transfer business and getting rid of the likes of Garner and Waghorn, they can lead the, lead the line on their own. They are ready to do that. And we miss that, I think, at the moment. And you wonder whether. The two new signing strikers might work together as a good pair, but I don't know whether Hurst goes with the one or the two up front. Tricky.
2: Well, a, a, a worrying thing for me is that um, the out of our forwards now, the only player that we've got who's scored at championship level is Freddie Sears, mm. and people have different opinions on him, but he's not someone that we can be pinning our hopes on for 15 goals this season, is he? will think we'll be happy if he contributes. Eight, perhaps I think that's probably as much as we can expect from Freddie Sears, especially if he's not playing think, week in, week out.
3: I think if you look, you know, the, the team that we put out yesterday, um, the top four goal scorers, as in the amount of goals that they've scored for Ipswich you know, during their career was, you know, Chambers was top with 15. Wow. Wards with eight, but he scored a hat-trick in one of those. You, you know, Jonas with four. And then you're down to Cole Skews with two. Um, so, we, you know, I, th- I think you know that that certainly proves a point that by, you know, taking Waghorn and um, uh, Garner, let's not forget David McGoldrick was released and, and the goals that Bur selina scored for us as well. Um, he's put in players there who, who haven't got goals and um, that that's probably one of my concerns is that I couldn't quite see the goals in that team unless they were coming from long shots or, or free kicks, say.
0: But let's not pretend that we were particularly prolific last season either. You know, I think at least I can see a positive in in Hurst's style over the previous manager's style, previous manager Tick, um is that there's clearly a top of the a, class. Thank you very much. Ben's going to be proud of me <laughs> for that one. Um but it's it's clear that um Hurst wants us to attack down the side, you know, the fullbacks bombing on, two two wingers um getting crosses and I think that's the the target so at least there is an intent and a method to try to score goals I think it's still new clearly um, pre-season obviously was an indication we don't we won't, don't think we scored more than two goals in a pre-season match did we so it's going to take time for the system to work and those strikers to find their feet you just wonder how long that's going to take
2: well hopefully uh, Jackson will be quick off the mark he came on in Well, it was about the 70th minute mark for Harrison who went off Um, and then a few moments later we had a free kick about 25 yards out from goal and uh, the hero Edwards from last week stepped up, struck it well, the keeper pushed it away. I think it was a good free kick, wasn't it? But I don't think he was ever scoring on that side um, with the goalkeeper uh in... I, I was
3: right behind it, and he, he he did hit it with some some pace. Um, and I I think the keeper made I think the keeper made a good save. I I think it was, as they say, like at a good height for the keeper. But he he certainly had to be strong and quick to to get across there. Um, you know, maybe I'm thinking that uh, about my my wallet because as I was sitting in the game, I thought the only way we are going to score is from a free kick. So I I quickly went on to bet three six five and if bet in play. Edwards was 15-1 uh, at that point, so I oh. just stuck a couple of quid on, and I was like, here comes my 30 quid, and no. So may- maybe I'm thinking it was a lot better than it actually was. I
0: mean, it, was it was a well strike free kick. I think the the point that I kind of come back to, and we'll, again, Warkorn, sorry I'm raising this, is, and I'm not trying to be negative either, is the corners yesterday. You know, Edwards took a really sweet free kick. He wasn't on the corners yesterday, I don't think. I think Knudsen took one. I think Ed, um wards took the majority of them and we need you know the the pacey waghorn deliveries create goals floaty kind of outswingers don't really create anything and we had a bucket full of quarters say, 13 was it or something like that and didn't look like scoring maybe one of them came close but it's the dead balls that i think got us goals last season and might need to get us goals this season you're thinking maybe edwards is is the man for that
2: yeah I, i'm surprised that he wasn't taking them um but yeah, Waghorn, obviously, is going to be a miss in many ways. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. We will miss his set pieces. Dave Diamond won't, um, but the majority of us probably will.
3: Well, I, I, I agree with Dave. You know, why have your top goal scorer when you've, you've got a, a, a good attacking position right out taking the corners? Get him in the box. That's where you want him to have Mikey, it. Mikey, Mikey, okay. I can't believe you've yeah, let this play yeah. out again
2: no, yeah. we can't have this argument again. <laughs> but just
3: just picking out the point that, that Rich did say about about Waghorn was that we, that the crosses should have been a lot better. And, you know, he, he deliver, delivers them or delivered them in pace. You know, they were, they were fairly flat and we didn't. We had quite a few, I, I think you said, floaty crosses that went in yeah. that gave all of the defence the opportunity mm. to to move and get in, get in position when the ball was coming down to their heads.
0: And there's not much height in our team now either. Um, so a Jay, the number five, who pretty much from this point onwards with Jackson on the pitch, had him in his back pocket. He figured him out pretty quickly, unfortunately. But, you know, that's meat and drink to the, you know, a 6 foot pluser. He's just going to mop those up.
2: Yeah, you mentioned that we're not the biggest team. The next Ipswich player to come off the bench was Aiden or Eden, Eden. Teo. Teo. We'll call him Teo. He from came them. on for Te- Ward. Uh, and then a few minutes later, Roberts came on for his debut. Obviously, he didn't come on against Blackburn. Uh, with Edwards going off. And then almost straight away, Matic brings Roberts down in the box and the referee looks to his linesman and they, between them, they decide it's not a pen. But between you two, mm. can you decide if that was a penalty starting with you, Stat?
3: Definitely a penalty. Um, you know, he, he just absolutely flattened him in the, in the in the penalty area. And, you know, if that had happened anywhere else, I always say, you know, if it, if it happened in the centre circle, would the referee give a free kick for it? And the referee most definitely would give a free kick. So, the, you know, that, that was a penalty. Uh, linesman had a very, very good view of it. But, no, just shook his head and, and, and play went on whilst the town fans um,
2: told the linesman what they thought of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they livened up. Richard, well, yeah, would, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think I, I'd agree with the point about anywhere else in the pitch it's given. I think probably what we haven't mentioned at this point is the referee in general and the referee wasn't making decisions at all you know the, the game was being let go things that probably were fouls were being let go yellow cards were not being brought out and you and I kind of I was sat kind of the left-hand side of the penalty as well. so the ball came through and went past and I looked at it and thought it's a, it's one you'd shout for but I can't see him giving it just because as I say he hadn't given anything else and then gets floored on the sideline again straight afterwards and that foul's not given either and I don't think the linesman was there to do anything apart from run around a bit, I don't think the referee was looking at him to give him any help, I think the referee just yeah, not having
2: it Okay, and then suddenly Rotherham burst into life and have two shots at goal, uh, the second of which was a low deflected effort which Bart did really well to save because I think he saw that one really late that was Rotherham's best moment up until there and we're probably thinking oh we've got away with one there but that's that's probably that from from Rotherham um so it looks like we're heading for a second straight draw and then we give a free kick away on the outside of well it was in the corner pretty much wasn't it yeah yeah um and it was Nialso he really slid in on Williams it was right in the corner and the referee decided it was a foul Having watched the highlights, I think it was it was a bit rash from Niausa for me controversial
0: i mean we we're, we're starting at the totally opposite end of the ground, um, but I think most of the away end didn't think it was a foul. I think he gets the ball. The trouble is it's a bit lungy. I think he kind of come rounds comes comes around the side, doesn't he with his with his foot, but we saw them get the ball, and the away end wasn't happy.
3: I'm 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 the same as same as Rich is you know I thought brilliant you know the referee's given a goal kick that's what I thought he when he when he was pointing and I thought okay well we're gonna have a couple of more chances maybe on their goal and I thought oh, hang on a minute we've got they've got a free kick so I was incredulous that the it, it was um that that free kick was given but you know you you still got to defend them no matter whether they're given or not and uh, I think well if you talk through the goal there's one player I'd like to highlight what what they didn't do
2: okay please do because I haven't criticised any of our defenders for this uh, because I couldn't see it in great detail Um, but Ford swings in it's a good cross to the back post Uh, Smith is in there gets something on it and then it breaks to him swings a left foot at it and it just flies into the top corner he wheels away celebrating celebrates with the mascot yeah um, and loses points for that celebration yeah
0: celebrate with a mascot <laughs> that's points off with me you've okay.
3: got to celebrate with a mascot did i see the other day that somebody had a boiler as their mascot west brom west brom they've really got a boiler
0: <laughs> sponsored by ideal boilers and they've got a it's a bloke in a, in a boiler suit well literally
3: is it a combi boiler do you know or uh
0: it's a good question i'm not sure i'll have, I'll go and find it out yeah <laughs> he but
2: must yeah, get hot so, in
3: there we... oh it must be very hot well you should turn it down uh, but when the when the ball came across, um, and I, I watched it a few times, and and pretended to be um, Gary Neville with my son, who I forced to sit there and try and draw on the TV screen and stuff, um, Chambers kind of goes missing when when the the two uh, centre halves and Chambers and Nasala go to the ball, and next thing I don't know if Chambers is, is is jumping or he's taking the wrong position, but when you see the the two Rotherham forwards there or the two Rotherham players, he's he's totally in the wrong position, and I think. Um, you know the, the the opportunity with particularly Nasala that they they probably could have got a, a head on there and, and and flicked it over, but you know Chambers didn't really seem to jump at all.
2: Okay, and then yeah, you see Chambers at the other end then tries to make up for it with a late chance uh, that wasn't included in the highlights. Um, talk us through that one, Rich.
0: I can't remember it. I was too busy looking. I was composing my full time tweets. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, it was the first time we had a decent corner. I think that was Nudson, the corner that I mentioned. Um, and I think he, I think he's pretty much unmarked. Stat, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's got space, isn't he? Um, and he, I think. Shall, well, he, yeah, go on.
3: Should I tell you what I saw? Go for it. Um, so when when the ball went in the back of the net for Rotherham, I thought, I cannot believe this. How much we've dominated the game. So I said to my son, "Come on then." So we were we were probably already down into the. Um, the concourse and out of the ground. This is that, how
0: you got back to Ipswich uh, in under three hours. It's already gone well, by four. Yeah. So I I, I, I don't remember thinking it was a, a going in. There was a guy sat next to me who did the uh, kind of, yeah, oh, kind of. But I think it was, was it straight at the keeper? I'm going to gamble that he was straight at the keeper.
2: Yeah. Um, no I read doubt. that it was straight at the keeper, but a free header all the same. Yeah. Um, I mean, go back so, to the goal
0: just quickly. And okay. it's a good finish, to be honest. For me, I wasn't looking to a portion blame. I think it wasn't a free kick. That's point number one. And point number two, it just drops and Smith is the quickest to react. I think that's it. I think Nidson's kind of looking at it and there's a bit of a kind of a post-mortem as soon as it goes in as to whose ball it was. But he, to be fair to him, he spun really quickly on the ball and pinged it into the net. So, you know, it's just one of those ones. And it was just un- – as soon as the free kick was given – Utterly inevitable that was my word of the day yesterday sadly inevitable
2: okay uh so i'm going to ask you both how many points did Ipswich deserve from that game stat how many points did Ipswich deserve from that game none because if you do, if
3: if if you don't if you don't score if you don't score goals and that, like i said you know, we, we can talk about the transition period and stuff like that, and I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware of that, but, you know, that team yesterday didn't really have any goals in it. And I think, you know, we always realise that, you know, that, that the home team are going to have a chance. I mean, there was an opportunity before where um, Bart came out and, and mishandled the ball um, and Nasala and cleared it off the line. Uh, so, you know, Rotherham certainly, uh, you know, Grew into the game, and I just think it—it it was meant to be. Barry Chuckle was up there looking, and um, it's one of those things. We were look at it as the the, the Barry Ch- the the winner for Barry Chuckle, but yeah, um, I
2: think that makes it a little easier to stomach. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think you know, knowing, that, knowing Barry that Barry
3: Chuckle is ha- is happy, but I think you know, realistically, um, it it was a killer blow. And I, I was talking to a Rotherham fan on on the way out, and you know, I, I suppose. A point is is what we deserved i mean he he was over the moon and you know said that you know you were robbed um but at the end of the day if you if you don't take your chances, then you know you are going to leave yourself open for the sucker punch and that's what happened and you know it happened too late in the game and we we couldn't you know i think if it had happened in the twenty fifth thirtieth minute we'd have we we would have played a little bit differently um but you know the one thing that we've got to say is that, you know there there were another four debuts in the in the in the game on on saturday um we're we're in this transition period, you know, twenty seven goals have been taken out with just with Waghorn and Garner. You know, we, we were expecting players like uh Danassian, who I think I think is, you know was two two steps up in the in the league for him. Um wasn't quite sure about him at, at times, you know, Nasala and, and Nolan. They've only just come in on Thursday, but it's a it's a step up for them as well. They haven't you know had a great deal to to train and Nolan looked good for for me the most Comfortable player at the moment is probably Gwyn Edwards, um, Ellis Harrison. He, again, we we need to we need to work with him and Caden Jackson. Well, he, I think he came came on in a difficult game that I'm I'm never I'm not quite sure he'd have been scoring in that game anyhow. It just wasn't the 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 two uh, the two centre halves for, for Rotherham were great, and I think it's semi um, semi a J. Semi a J. Uh, yeah. Their number five, he must have. He must have looked around at the stadium announcer when they announced that the the Rotherham man of the match was um
0: For, um Vassell, Vassell.
3: It? Yeah. yeah, and uh, I can't see how it was Vassell. I think you know their number five. He he basically bossed everything in there, and I don't I don't even think we can use the phrase we threw the kitchen sink at them because I don't think we did. I don't really think that we have got a kitchen sink at the moment, or we're missing a few taps and stuff. If we're going to go down that analogy, you know, we just we just need to we need to work on it. Um, it 's quite frustrating you know I heard a, a couple of negative comments from some fans there, and i just well i was, i' was just lost for words really you know these are fans, some of them who would have supported our previous manager with everything that he did for the the last two and a half years before before he left um and now they 're not giving this team two games ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous you know we're we 're a, a team in team in transition. Um, you know, we're clearly playing better football or trying to play better football. Um, we're, we're more attacking, but obviously it's going to, it's going to take a while for, for this team to, to gel and, you know, it's a sucker punch at the end, but we, we just, I I hate the phrase, but we just move on and, um, you know, appreciate that every time that this team plays, um, you know that they're going to know each other, and you know Chambers and Nasala, like you said, Rich. In the, in the first half, there was a there was a couple of small mix-ups and stuff like that. But you know, this is where you're going to want the likes of Chambers and, and Skews to kind of you know play the senior role on on the pitch. And you know, one of the other things I would say we mentioned Grant Ward. Grant Ward when he first came here was great you know wasn't scared to to attack players but we do need to lose the, the, the McCarthy style of playing which is when you get the ball sometimes just you know just stop and there were there were opportunities for, for Ward to go past his man um, you know Skews got forward a lot more but fortunately it's not the sort of player you want the ball to land to when it's in the penalty area and right. um, Chambers um, you know, I I I really like him, but I think you know we 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 need him to really step up now, and 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 you know he's an excellent captain, but we need to help some of these players who probably are thinking, gosh, you know this this is a a level that I might struggle at. But I think you know that th- this team, you know, give give it time. I think most sensible town fans would say this is a, a transition season, um, and you know, where you know I don't think that we'll finish. Um, I don't think we'll get relegated. So any of the haters out there, make sure you crop that bit and play it back to me if we do get relegated. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that we are going to get relegated. I think, um, you know, we'll, we'll challenge some teams in, in, in this league, in this season. Um, and I think we'll certainly be a much stronger outfit if we can keep all of those players together in the season following.
2: OK, and uh, Rich, I'm going to have to ask you to be a little bit more concise than that. I was, <laughs> although I completely agree with what you're saying. I was there, concise. <laughs> um, do you think we deserved a point? Okay, so let's move on to. I've got uh, more.
0: I've got more. <laughs> brief, brief. Trust me. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, we 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 deserved a point purely for the fact that we we dominated nine tenths of the game. They de- definitely Rotherham came into a second half. They were they were better. They did have chances, um, but on the balance, I think we deserved a point. Um, I think going sort of touching on some of the points that stat made there. I think the point for me was was some of the better players yesterday with the new signings actually and and to touch on Ward and to me and I tweeted this yesterday I I don't feel they've figured out the system yet and I do wonder whether um if Paul Hurst is kind of keen to establish his style whether so there might be a few more high profile casualties um you know once Dezel and Hughes get fit Bishop maybe another loney or two you kind of think, well, that's a lot of competition in midfield. And if Scuse is being asked to play further up the pitch and can't really figure that out, then if Chalaber's the favoured deepest line midfielder, then that's that could be a difficult decision for him. I agree with Stout. We've got to give this team time and I think it will get there. But I do feel that the striking options are lightweight and inexperienced. And for me, Jackson, when he came on, as we said, number five, immediately figured him out if he's smart jackson and he needs coaching for this he goes over and sits with richard wood who was the other center back who just kind of went you know what i'm not going to beat this guy for pace so you have him number five and you know you that's the kind of stuff that a player with a bit more experience can figure out and hopefully they figure out that sooner rather than later
2: excellent okay so let's move on to the twitter questions now and thanks to everyone uh, who sent Blue Monday a tweet? And I apologize in advance if I can't read yours out. Um, so, first up, um, a bloke called Dave Diamond says, um, massive fan of the show, guys. Um, what has happened to 442? So, I'm guessing he's asking, why can't we play? Well, why do people say you can't play 442? I think you touched on it earlier, Rich. You were suggesting that, forgive me if it, if it wasn't you, I think you were suggesting that maybe Jackson could play alongside Harrison. Is that something you could see us doing moving forward?
0: Yeah. I, uh, there's another phrase which I was thinking of yesterday which is can we not knock it as well? Kind of harking back to the previous era maybe in the second half when we needed to to get that goal. I, I think Jackson and Harrison to me seem a good pair. They're still ex- inexperienced don't get me wrong but Harrison has got the industry he's really good in the air um, gets about a bit and what you need is is him winning the ball and setting Jackson off to run in on goal. And and I think he can do that himself as well. Um, So I I think that's an option there. It's whether Hurst wants to go that route. I think he's really keen on the wingers um, and he's really keen on the kind of midfield three as well. So I don't know whether we'll see that. Um, But I think they would lend themselves quite well to that. But as I say, I think we need better options up front as well.
2: Uh, And yeah, can we also just say happy birthday to... Mrs. Mrs. Diamond. Diamond.
3: Yeah. Mrs. Diamond, really happy, yeah, returns. happy birthday. Um, I, I actually thought that when he was talking about four four two, he was that Dave was actually talking about the magazine because he was on about getting it for Mrs. Diamond for her birthday. And I think he could struggle <laughs> to gift. find it in W. H. Smith. Great so, yeah. gift.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, so the next question is from Kevin Major. He wants to know, do you think we made too many changes in just two games he says that most of the players that were there before, Paul Hurst, doesn't seem to be giving a chance. And he says he supports them. And it's great to have new players. But is it too much too soon, stat?
3: Well, I was going to do stat of the week later. Ben, ben didn't ask me, but I used to email it in and he read it out. So i kind of done a stat. So I'm kind of going to throw the stat of the week in here. Um, yeah, let's do
2: it now. Stat of uh, the week.
3: So, stat of the week uh, for the Blackburn game and for the Rotherham game, we've had uh, nine debuts. Uh, so I went back with the stat machine to have a look to see how, you know, was, was that a record? Um, and actually in 2015-16, in the first two matches of that season, we actually had 10 debutants, six against Brentford and four followed by Stevenage. So I'll come, I'll come back to that cause I know that Stevenage was a, a League Cup game. Um, so I think in, in Brent, the, the Brentford game in 2015-16, I think we had uh, Knudsen, uh, Emmanuel, Brew, Fraser, Coke and and Douglas, um, that's a side. Uh, they, they all made their debut, and then Coke um, and Douglas. Yeah, so and at one point we did have um, Scuglus and Coke were were on the pitch at some point. So that should have been a, a huge warning message for nice. us. Um, against Stevenage, we had four players that made their debuts, which were Miles Kenlock, Josh Yorworth, Brett Pittman, and Lars Touré. Um, but as I said, that that was a League Cup match, and you would expect some some of the younger players certainly in that game with your your worth and Kenlock against Stevenage. So we just had a look to see how many the 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 number of record number of league debutants in two consecutive league matches, and it's nine, which is where we are now. Um, so I think going back to the point, you know, bringing nine players in over two games is 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 quite quite a change. Um, I, th- I think. You know, we've we've. Uh, it's the frustrating thing is that the transfer window has almost kind of impacted on some of the immediate change that we've we've had. Because I'm guessing if the window lasts until the end of August, um, the likes of Nolan and Nassala, that deal might have been carrying on. Um, but you know, we we needed to make changes, particularly when you look at the, you know, going forward with Waghorn, Garner, McGoldrick, Selina, all not being there. Um, you know, we 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 needed those changes. Then you throw Webster in. He, he's clearly I don't know whether he's not giving people an opportunity because I think Spence, he, he played, I think he started against Blackburn and, you know, Spence was on the bench. Sears started against Blackburn and he was on the bench. So, he, you know, maybe he's, he's going to give all of these players a, an opportunity. Um, but, you know, if you've got a job or, you know, if you're at a college or stuff like that, when you bring in new people... And quite a few new people then, you know, that kind of upsets the apple cart a little bit and people need to know who, what the strengths of, of each individual individuals are. And I think, you know, nine, nine debutants in, in two league games, well, is a record and probably says it's probably a few too many.
2: OK, I think you've sort of already touched on this one um, with Dave Diamond's question, Rich. But Matt Amos wants to know... Um, What do you think would be more effective in her system playing one up front or changing it? Because he thinks that Harrison looks isolated, which I think both of you pretty much agreed on during the game. So yeah, in simplistic terms do you think that we should be trying two up front? Yep. There you go, that's simplistic. Yeah. Um
3: it would be, it'd be interesting to see th- uh, with, with Paul Hurst um, because obviously he, he's, um, he needs to evolve as a manager as well. And I would hope that we don't have a manager who's kind of fairly one-dimensional and says, you know, this is my formation where I play one up front. Um, we don't want to go back to the days of, you know, completely matching the the formation of the opposition, which, you know, I think it's good that he, he's bold in, in his decisions. But I think, you know, at times he'll need to be flexible. And, you know, potentially yesterday... If you had Jackson and Harrison both playing up front, they could have drawn the two centre halves apart a little bit and created uh, you know, a few more opportunities, but but we'll we'll have to see.
0: I think the other point to make is that this the players are still figuring out the formation right. And I think the wingers are key in the poolhurst team. I think that's clear to see. And I think that number ten role, I think, is also important. And maybe there was a point yesterday where Scuse and Nola were maybe too deep. Um, and I think that was important because we needed to get the ball, get out wide, but actually I think what it's a bit of a luxury to have two of those sitting midfielders when actually if you have one sitting and one bombing on, that gives a bit more support to Harrison as well. So I, I think there's a bit, you know, as much as I kind of think they they would work quite well together, I think there's still an element, and it's stats point from the previous question, of bedding in that system and figuring it out, and I think maybe that's the other option, is it's still early days, and maybe Yes, I so say that number ten, whether it's Nolan or whether it's someone else, who's or does maybe we'll figure that one out as well.
3: I kind of want to add something that 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 my dad would always say, and he'd it it really annoys him when he picks up the Sunday paper, and uh, annoyed him today, and it's the fact that they've got the league tables in there. He's so annoyed when he when he sees really, one of his pet hates, and he was like, you know, I remember when the league tables didn't didn't come out until about six games because that's when you knew you know the season had kind of sort of started and I think you know we we've, we've got to give we've certainly got to give the the one up front for you know for, for a while and, and and see how it goes I think if we're if we're in October end of October you know with without our our, our first win then you've got to say well you know maybe there, there's something that's got to change with this formation but yeah I'm prepared to give it a go but certainly on um, on Saturday Harrison was not the the player to to lead the line for us
0: well, the extrapolation, we're on 23 points at the end of the season, are we?
3: Yeah. I think we might get relegated with 23. Yeah. Could be a I long think,
2: season. I think you might be right. I think that's yeah. what Rotherham had a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? So I'm going to move on to uh, the next question, which comes all the way from Finland. Uh, I'm guessing with the name Salanen. Salonen. Um, I should be getting that right. He wants to know, do you see Charlebert as a worthwhile loan signing considering that whilst he's physically ahead of Nydem and Dizel he seems pretty raw as a player and is forcing them to find game time by going on loan so this is where we move now to the question well let's discuss Nydem and Dizel and the going out on loan and then we'll move on to Charlebois so stat you you must have seen just ahead of the game well you'd have seen that Dizel and Nydem weren't involved do you think yeah. that
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: I think, you know, Mick McCarthy was often criticised that he, he didn't play the kids that much. But I, I certainly think, you know, with Tristan Nydam, he certainly gave gave him a good go um, last season. Flynn Downs obviously went out on, on loan last season and, and Joshua Manuel. And I think to a certain extent with, with some players, it helps in their understanding of the game and gives them more opportunities, more minutes on the, on the pitch because that's the only way that you are going to improve. Um, you know, and you look at Tristan Nydam and think, well, realistically where where would he start fitting in the in the midfield four that we've got at the moment um I kind of would say he he's not going to be he's not going to start every game and he might get 20 minutes here or there and I guess if Paul Hurst thinks well I'm only going to give you 20 minutes here or there you go out on loan to to another team and hopefully play 40 plus matches and you know 70 to 90 minutes per game he's going to come back as a more experienced player um, Dazelle a different one for me. And I think, you know, Paul Hurst, I, I think i read, has kind of said he hasn't quite yet made a decision on Dazelle. I mean, when you look at Dazelle, he, he hardly played any games for us. You know, he, he, he came in, um, scored in his debut. There was a lot of promise around him. Um, then he picked up that injury, you know, at the, the start of, of last season. And I think that, I think that was a, a huge blow. Um, but I think you, you can't do one month loans now, can you? I don't think no. in the, in so, sure. you know, it, I, th- I think you've got to be a, a certain length of time. Um, I mean, there's well, quite well, a big think...
0: old hoo-ha about Dizel this morning. Um, and Stuart Watson's article that was prompting, prompting that a little bit, I don't think was necessarily reinforced with Hurst's interview yesterday. I mean, Dizel is clearly a very gifted footballer. and But he's just he's coming back from a really serious injury. And the Championship is a league where if managers can find an edge if they can take a player out of the game by doing something a little bit sneaky or a bit you know do a number on a player then they'll do it and I think that's the risk with Dizel is that he's at such an early stage of his, his coming back from injury that another setback and that could be that could be over for his career you know that it's that serious if someone goes through him so I think Hurst is right to be careful I'm not necessarily sure that alone works I wasn't particularly happy with the Downs loan move to Luton Given our season was pretty much over, I thought that he could have found a place in our first team last in the last season. There's the under twenty threes as well. Obviously, it's not particularly competitive, but it's football, nevertheless. I'm th- I'm not sure Dizel going out is particularly useful. I think there's other things we can do there um, in terms of Chalaba. In terms of the original question, yeah, so, so
2: yeah. So let's let's move on to <laughs> sorry the first part of the question now. Just a simple yes or no, but then obviously you can go into it. Is Charlebert a worthwhile loan signing
0: I think he is I think yeah, he's he's a very gifted footballer he's 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 one of those footballers that controls the ball and suddenly finds himself in a load of space because he's either dropped the shoulder, spun someone, or just tricked them. The next bit in terms of picking the pass is sometimes where he struggles. There's some instinctive moments where he might have a bit of a brain fart and the, gives the possession away. And I think it was an effort yesterday that Rotherham had where he kind of gave the ball away. But I think ultimately he's going to be a really top pro. The fact he's with us is a really good thing as well. And I don't think necessarily it's at the detriment of our young players, but that's always the debate. Yeah, that, t- totally,
3: yes, yeah. T- yeah, yeah totally agree. Um, I think the one thing that he can do is... Um, find himself some space on the pitch as you said rich you know he's he's very clever at dropping the shoulder and and stuff like that um just needs as you say just needs to work on his passing but yeah i I like him certainly a worthwhile loan
2: i like the look of him as well um dylan pretty much asked the same question but he wants to know um who else we think should go out on loan um so, is there any young, other youngsters that you think I, I think maybe Falami? If he had, he may have actually already gone out on loan, but he's he's the one that popped into my head because I think he may have slipped behind Morris in the pecking order because I thought Morris was impressive when he came on against Blackburn. Um. So yeah, starting with you, stat. You seemed I, ready there. Who else? Yeah, I, go? I
3: like I like Ben Falami. Um. And I think you know he's he's quite a a, a tall. Tall player, and it's, you know, it's quite tall for his age and stuff like that. And I think he could offer us something different. Um, but again, it goes back to the point that if 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 they're not going to get many minutes, and as you say, they're playing in the under twenty three league, which isn't particularly competitive, then um, surely it's better for us if if we send them out on loan and that they get those minutes under the belt. But what we've got to be really careful about is that we, you know, we don't leave ourselves too short. And unfortunately, certainly when it comes to you know our forward line at the moment um we're 're we're, we're, we're short but we 're certainly a bit lightweight that's my my biggest concern and I think you know if if we were looking to to sign up a player in their heyday from the past, then that team yesterday was kind of missing a Lee Chapman kind of person, you know, a physical person who from his have,
0: heyday, not his Ipswich days. Yeah, from his heyday, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. From,
3: but you know, somebody who was was physical and could have competed with the the two big centre halves, because in the championship you're going to come a, across a lot of big centre halves, and once they realise, you know, that you're you're fairly lightweight, or you know that your your issue is that your real benefit is paced and that they can quickly work that out. And I, I kind of think, you know. Let's, let's get Caden Jackson and Ellis Harrison, who are already fine specimens of, of, of men. But let's get them in the weight room and let, let's um just put on a few more pounds on both of those players. I'd say.
0: I think Emmanuel's disappeared, hasn't he? So I th- I wouldn't be surprised if Emmanuel goes out. Um, okay. Which what is about some
2: Adiemi, Rich? I speaking, think going out wow. on loan to free up. I this. think
0: he might go on loan or a permanent uh, mutual FC mutual consent FC. I think. Okay. I don't know what's going
3: on what, there. What is wrong with him? I mean, even I mean, I, I read the article the other day that Paul Hurst kind of. You know, slaughtered him in the press a little bit, and yeah, I didn't
2: didn't like that. There must be something going on with Addy Amy psychologically, and I don't think slamming him in public is the right way to go about it. But maybe that makes me a snowflake. Um, uh, well let's... Paul
3: no I, I, I agree because you know Paul Hurst is still in his, his honeymoon period but I, I can even hear myself that if Mick McCarthy had done the same thing you know and then lots of other fans would have been on, on Mick's back you know he got to the point yeah. where he, he couldn't I found it quite funny how, wrong wrong.
2: Um, how popular he was for condemning a player in public um, yeah. I'm going to stick yeah, up for
0: him there I, I, but because only because we don't know what's happened you know we haven't seen Adiemi f- since pretty much last September I think um and I think Hurst is probably thinking we've tried everything else we've tried to kind of softly softly Um, maybe this is the last chance
2: maybe fair enough Uh, the last uh, Twitter question for now because there's another one coming later Uh, Yucky Brain um, I don't know if that's um, that's his Christian name Uh, he wants to know what loan players do you think will improve the squad and where do you think they will come from so I'm guessing he wants to know which positions we want loan players in for, and whether we'll be looking to the Premier League or lower. So uh, I'll go first because so first. you don't want
3: to pinch your name. Um, <laughs> we, you know, we, we brought N- Nisala in from from Shrewsbury, and I'm not doubting his ability, but he needs to bet in. But you know, if you look, if if either he or or um, Chambers picks up an injury. We're, we're, we're fairly lightweight there. Um, so I'd, I'd definitely sign a centre-half. And I think, you know, from what I, what I saw of him last season, Cameron Carter-Vickers, if he was available, a player like him and his mould would be great um, in the defence. And likewise, you know, somebody, you know, like I said, the, you know, the, the lead chapman of his heyday isn't there. But, you know, certainly a, a, a player that can offer a bit more uh, physical presence up front would
2: be ideal. Okay, and Rich?
0: Yeah, I, I think I agree with the centre back, um, and I think probably as I said at the start, it will be one of those kind of uh, loan to buy situations. I think we'll go back in for the Wimbledon captain. If I forgot his name, um, and I think I think at least one striker, and I think they'll come from the Premier League. I think it will be a, um, a, yeah, I don't, th- well, maybe a, I don't, th- I think we've done enough shopping from the lower divisions. I think either an SPL, maybe a divisional peer but, and a Premier League team, but I think we just need a modern day Lee Chapman a bit of a smart a bit of a physical but a goal scorer I think just someone who's going to pop up and do something out of the ordinary I think um, that's what we lack as well that was what was missing yesterday I think was just someone who could Nolan tried it but someone who's just going to ping one in um, you know Waghorn scoring goals like that last season I think that's what we need
2: yeah let's is, sign Ma- is, Let's sign Martin, Martin Waghorn we keep yeah. hearing uh, I keep hearing Lee Chapman why not James Scowcroft but talking about a big physical striker. Yeah, Sko was a great
3: player. Yeah, somebody, somebody like him. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's that's a, that's a good chance Someone somebody to do would...
0: the the hard work to free up a Harrison or a Jackson, so that they don't have to get involved in the fights with the big centre backs, as we say. There's enough smart centre backs in this division. Um, Tall, big units that are just gonna, you know, have those guys for breakfast. So someone who can rough them up and <laughs> Garner kind of did that. He was he's not kind of too physical, but he's definitely smart and get stuck in. I think we just need someone who's a bit of a bruiser. And I think Hurst admitted as much in his post-match yesterday, someone who's a bit smarter, a bit tougher.
2: Okay, so let's move on now to the other championship results. Um, And Joe Garner's Wigan Athletic. We'll start with their game first. They lost 3-2 at Aston Villa. Villa nicked it right at the end. That must have been a real sickener. Blackburn, our opponents um, from last week, drew 0-0 at home to Millwall. Uh, Bolton who picked up that surprise win I think it was West Brom they drew 2 all with Bristol City Middlesbrough beat Birmingham 1-0 Norwich lost 4-3 at home to West Brom Forest beat Reading 1-0 Reading already in the position where a lot of people expect them to be Sheffield United 1-2 1 at QPR Sheffield Wednesday drew 1-1 against Hull City Stoke drew 1-1 with the brilliant Brentford Swansea picked up another win. They beat Preston 1-0 at home. And then in the late kickoff, Leeds went and absolutely pumped Martin Waghorn's Derby County. So we'll go into detail in a couple of those. Um first of all, Norwich three, West Brom four. Rich, what did you make of that one?
0: Oh I mean, that was a, a tale of two strikers in a winger that game. Um Hernandez was the star player for Norwich. I think he was involved in all three of their goals. Um, And I think if anyone watched the Harry from Bath preview, I think their fans were quite optimistic that he was going to be the creative player for them with Madison going. Can swap sides, swap wings, and definitely can cross the ball. So um, he created the first goal for Rhodes, albeit it was kind of kept alive at the back post by Puki and he stabbed it home. But another key striker, another striker that could have gone in the window as well was Jay Rodriguez, who starred for West Brom yesterday, certainly. Um, scored a penalty and then Rhodes missed a penalty. And going back to his Sheffield Wednesday playoff horrors, that's obviously uh, another confidence knocker for him. But Jay Rodriguez pings an absolute rocket out of nowhere that passes Tim Krull. Um And you're kind of thinking the Norwich fans were quite optimistic about Tim Crawl in goal. Jordan Rhodes up front and both of those kind of maybe found wanting yesterday I think Krull had another moment for the penalty as well so both teams kind of finding their feet you know Norwich with Madison such a big focal point missing how do they kind of regroup and obviously Murphy too and West Brom kind of with Daramore Moore now fully in charge um, managing to keep hold of Rodriguez how do they build and to be fair to them they played Tuesday night they had three games this week and Norwich only had two But both of them, the fact that it was a 3-4 suggests that both teams are still finding their feet particularly defensively. And I think one or two of the West Brom goals certainly were pretty lousy from the defensive point of view. I think the West Brom fourth, there's a bit of a post-mortem going on in the back line of, I think, Rodriguez dummies it and it's pinged in by someone. And, you know, where was the marking? But I think Rodriguez was the star yesterday.
3: I mean, picking up on that fourth goal, though, I, I thought it was a great goal. And you know Rodriguez, he he was he was on form, and I think he's going to be a real really good asset for for West Brom. But yeah, really clever dummy, and um, like you, I didn't write the name down, and I thought that's a great goal by the, the West Brom striker to make that was, it.
0: It um, was Harvey Barnes who scored last week as well. I think I've got my goals out of order because the the last goal was from a corner, and it was similar to actually our goal, uh, the Rotherham goal yesterday, and it just drops and Carnu. Threat is to pokes it into the corner, but yeah, Harvey Barnes scored a, a nice pearly yesterday, and but you know Norwich matching our results, so the derby might okay. be interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's certainly looking like. Of course, we it's are. going to be
0: interesting. It might be important. It of course, might, it's important. Yeah, <laughs> forget it.
2: Okay, uh, so left field one, but it's not completely left field that I want to talk about is QPR one, Sheffield United two. Did you see he scored the winner for Sheffield United stat?
3: I did. Um, well, when you sent me my homework, I went on to Channel 5 uh, to find the, the goals on Championship. And then after a while, I've managed to find it on Quest, whatever on earth that is. UK Quest. Um, and, you know, sometimes I live so much in the Ipswich Town bubble that when we're not, you know, if we haven't played for a team for a while, I kind of, it don't really know a great deal about them, so I went, Oh, I didn't realise Steve McLaren was the kind of reminded myself that he was the manager of, of QPR and I realised that we kind of dodged a bullet with him. Um but what what I saw of, of of Queen's Park Rangers certainly in the first half and the highlights, they played some great football. Um you and know it sounded that, that, like
2: a really good atmosphere there as well, didn't it?
3: I mean, I, I I love Loftus Road anyhow, you know, it's an yeah. old style ground, really compact and stuff like that. And yeah, it was a good atmosphere and you can see why from the home fans they um, had a, a number of op- attacking opportunities, and you know the star of the show for me for, for QPR was Eze. Um, he he scored their their goal, um, which was nice and easy. Um, so to put them one nil up, uh, QPR uh, then letting a the goal uh, towards the end of the first half. Billy Sharp, who's back at Sheffield United, um, he bundled one in from about two yards, and if you watch that goal. It's a Billy Sharp goal. He was always going to get that and, you know, it was the sort of goal that he would always score. So it was 1-1. Um, and then in the second half, uh, when, you, when you're chasing the game, obviously you need to bring on, you know, your talisman. So the the Blades <laughs> brought on David McGoldrick. I really struggled to see him wearing the, well, actually their, their kit was pretty disgusting. Any, anyhow, oh, yellow, in a it? luminous mm-hmm. yellowy green. Um, he came on. Oh, good look and now from from the highlights i think the first thing that he actually did um was to to win a penalty and um i think it was a penalty um unsurprisingly uh, ian holloway who was in the studio said it wasn't a penalty um and chris wilder um said that the the sheffield united bench all, all leapt up but it, it's you know McGoldrick was pushed into the back of the the other qpr defender so he, win, he wins the penalty, and then he, he um, for, actually for Dave, I should say penalty, um, and then he, he then, you know, stepped up and took it, and I thought, is this, his actual, is this his first touch? Obviously, you couldn't tell from the highlights whether it was his actual first touch, but, you know, very, very calm, uh, rolls it into the back of the net um, and, and gets off the mark. Uh, great win for Sheffield United. I think they'd lost their, their, their previous two games, so it stopped them on, a, uh, you know, losing three on the trot. And you know, one of the things that happened, I think, 20, 20 minutes after McGoldrick came on, um, you know, you can, th- this is his career, comes on as sub, scores a penalty with potentially his first touch, and then twenty minutes later he goes off, goes off injured, and I think um, we shouldn't be surprised by any of those things
0: that no. happened to him. I thought you were going to leave that one out. I was ready. To, I was pre- ready to go was my, my
3: eyes, you know. Like you know, Ben likes people and auto cues and stuff like that. And I, I, skipped over the line, and I thought I'm sure there was something else. But yeah, so he he went off injured. But that that was a given. I thought we were, we would all know that. McGoldrick and then Bogdanovic injured. got
0: injured. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really soft pen, and I also <laughs> thought because I knew he'd gone off injured, he celebrates the goal. He jumps up in the air, punches it, and then he lands really awkwardly on his ankle when he does it. If, if you ever watch, and I thought, has he got injured celebrating his penalty? Yeah. Maybe not.
3: I, I couldn't. I couldn't watch him celebrate, and I kind of turned 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 away from the TV when that was on. But it's interesting
0: to see Sheffield United Twitter because they kind of accept that that's what they're getting. They're getting kind of the goal and a bit of creativity. But he's not going to play every game. Um, I don't know whether we'd want to sign a player like that, but I guess he's an option for them, isn't he? And Sharp he, still scores. He,
3: he was too too much of an expensive option for us last season and you know we i I reckon there probably were initial discussions about what wages could have potentially been offered and he knew he could get a a better deal elsewhere but you know you know he's i'd like to see his pounds per minute on on the pitch because i reckon it's it's quite expensive
2: yeah so let's move on to another well now expensive striker um martin Waghorn at derby county he made his debut from the start i was surprised to see him start and he started in the middle as well in the number nine role that um he's got a lot of competition for at derby now um and he played i'm pretty sure he played the 90 minutes i didn't did. notice him yeah, he go played off the whole game um but derby got pumped by bielsa's leads 4-1 and they were they looked good again didn't they rich
0: yeah uh, I. It's how long does it last? You know, it could be that they'd steamroll at everyone and they're just totally unbeatable. Um, but it wouldn't be Leeds if there was kind of a blow-up at some point. Um, Kemar Roof, or Kemar Roof, was excellent yesterday. Scored some quality goals, a really R- great Roof, header.
2: Roof, he, he's a good player. He looks like yeah. he's got a high ceiling.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> they were still kind of brilliant. I, I nearly missed that one. <laughs> Thank goodness for the video. Um, and he he scored a, a really great header. He scored a nice kind of... He, Tricked his way round into the box and in a nice roof of the net finish. Um, yeah, really good player. And um, Alioski looked good as well. You know, it was a point where two-one where Derby were kind of getting back into the game. I think Waghorn had a chance actually. The ball kind of went all the way through to the back post, and he was kind of sliding in a, like kind of Gazza-esque in Euro 'ninety-six, a bit too late <laughs> coming in there. Um, but I
2: Waghorn, he looked. He didn't have a bad game, did he? When uh, yeah. because. Derby struggled, but I felt like when when they were going forward, Warcorn would generally be involved and he'd be playing neat passes, but yeah, maybe things just didn't didn't quite fall for him. But he's gonna have to work a lot harder with playing with players like Tom Lawrence rather than Joe Garner. Yeah. Um I don't know if that'll take much away from his game. What great by great Tom, free Lawrence. Kick, great yeah. free Tom Lawrence. Great for Tom Lawrence, yeah. I mean the keeper's gotta be saving that, but great. I've watched Straight, it a couple yeah. of times. It's one of the ones where you rewind it and think, you know,
3: as for commentators, have they missed like the like a defender just getting a little touch on the back of the head or stuff like that? Because um, I don't know the 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 trajectory of the shot as it went towards the keeper. You know, when you look at it, you think, well, the keeper should have saved that, but whether it it came at him quite late, but he hit it again with with great pace and power. But I think you know one of the things I'd like to pick up was that the leads were just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Um, of of the highlights that I've seen. Two teams um, that kind of really stood out for me were Leeds, and the other one, even though they lost, was uh, Brentford. I thought they, they played yeah. some great football. Yeah. Uh,
2: Brentford drew. They
3: didn't, oh, they they drew didn't lose.
2: Dominated, yeah, yeah, so though. They, dominated they very in, good.
0: against Stoke, who, again, I'm not a massive fan of Rower. I think he's the jury's out on him, but it sounds like they were. They scored a really dodgy goal. A bit of a mishap there by Mepham, I think it was, for Brentford. Headed it back over the top of the keeper and... A phobie just has a tap in, um, but it sounded like they had chance after chance, and Butlam was the difference there.
2: So, uh, this is the moment where uh, we ask Stats Dad to switch off because I'm going to run through <laughs> the league table as it stands after. He, he two switched or off three ages games. ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, at the top of uh, the table already, and it, this, this is why I'm um, reading it out actually, because I think the top six. If, if this is the top six at the end of the season I wouldn't be surprised and that isn't just because they've started the season well Middlesbrough top, Leeds second although I did say last week that they'd collapse and finish eighth Aston Villa are third Swansea have started well, they're fourth Forest, Big Spending Forest they've obviously played three games um, just same as Middlesbrough but they're in uh, fifth after, well they've, they've drawn two games but obviously one one as well and Brentford, everyone's, uh, well, most people's second team, it seems, in the championship, a sixth. And uh, Bolton are still undefeated there in seventh. Um, and then, yeah, down the bottom, Reading, QPR, Stoke. Surely Stoke aren't going to end up there. Hull, Ipswich are now down in 20th after being ninth after last. I mean, it's, it's, it's disastrous, isn't it? 20th? I mean, yeah first out
0: same points as Norwich come on
2: yeah you've you've got a manager (laughs) Norwich 17th the Heady Heights 17th which is probably where they'll finish up this season Um, Ipswich obviously won't finish 20th will be 13th 19th Um, but yeah that that top 6 who in that top 6 of Middlesbrough Leeds Villa Swansea Nottingham Forest and Brentford pick out one that definitely will still be there at the end and one that definitely won't Top Standard six deep, rich. Yeah. that's top if six. If it's top six, I
0: think Brentford are a great shout for the playoffs. Um okay. it's the hipster choice, but it's yeah. a settled team. Um, I think they kept hold of Ryan Woods as well, big player for them. But they I think they just look like they can create chances and score there. Defensively, not great, but they'll always outscore their opponents, so I think they're a good shout for top six, maybe even
2: top three. Start any of those that are nailed on to be top 6
3: yeah five of them and i'm just going to swap uh forest for west brom okay
2: Forrest, west brom so you mm. fancy swansea then yeah
3: i th- i think okay. so i think i think stoke um are going to uh not have a great season i'm i'm like you rich i don't really like gary rowett um west brom um i think they will make the playoffs unless they have a slight blip in october and they go for an out-of-work manager.
0: He's not going there. He might, he, he's hated there more than here, if you can imagine. I don't
3: know thing. if that's possible. Um, but um, Joe, I'm joking, Mick. Um,
2: I, I think, uh, not that he listens to this, he might do now. <laughs> Big um, fan. <laughs> well, but, he always yeah. said that he didn't read things on um, Twitter, but then yeah. quite often he'd be speaking to journalists and saying that he's read this and he's heard that when I go
3: walking past the, the playing ground there's a few times he's shouted out stat that's a load of rubbish which you you tweeted but um, so I, I, you know, I don't believe Mick but I think you know West Brom it, it doesn't go very well for them at some point he, he's the manager you need a, a team that's come from the Premier League that, that, that's struggling he's got the experience and you know just like like he did with Ipswich
0: he'll, he'll keep them in the league he'll go to Norwich oh. can you imagine
2: oh I'd love that <laughs> At least we'll yeah, win an it East Anglian derby. Use to be, it would be as abusive as you really want to be, wouldn't it? That, that, imagine the
3: spice that that would put in the East Anglian derby. I think I think yeah. it would be. I think it would be great. I think it's great and it for would East. Be a-
2: especially good if if he carries on his record in East Anglian derby. Exactly my phone Yeah. I and mean, to point, be fair yeah. there's a really good video
0: of him doing the rounds today, which I retweeted, where Jake Humphrey. Well, he was on BT Sport yesterday for Everton. Oh boys, yeah. Two, Humphrey, two of my favourite people in the same great. room there. <laughs> I'm surprised their egos could fit in with them um, but Jake Humphrey kind of does a sn- little sneaky question about the East Anglian derby and then to be fair to Mickey, because we I think we finished above you didn't we and uh, we spent less money than you it's quite a nice moment I think for Mick a bit of a redemption and sticking one to Jake Humphrey is obviously a 2-1 there
2: Okay so now we move on to two little ducks which a week ago I played oh. for the first time I forgot and, all um, about
3: this. I'm rubbish at this at home. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, but, Stat, you can show off a little bit by telling us what's interesting about the game that I've chosen. And it is from February the 2nd, 2013, Ipswich 4, Middlesbrough nil.
0: Oh, um, I can tell you that.
2: No, uh, but let, let's massage Stat Oh, Cigo Come on. A
0: come bit on. Here, yeah. Let me have um, one.
3: So, this was um, in when Mick McCarthy was appointed on the 1st of November 2012 until when he left in the something of April 2018, so he was with us for six years or whatever, um, this was the biggest win in in, in his time. Um, and he he wasn't at the ground, <laughs> so it was great. He was feeling unwell. So TC took over the the team and um, we won 4-0. And I think you know that was the lesson that none of us learned at that point that we should have got rid of Mick and put and put TC in <laughs> and win four nil. But I'm sure Rich, Rich knew that anyhow. So yeah,
2: okay, yeah. I, I, it's I my favourite stat. I, could, I knew that you would know as well, Rich. But we've got to let Stat do mm-hmm. his stats, and I know that that's a a real favourite of his. Um, but yeah, just as you two start scrib- furiously scribbling down, um, your players, um, this is the time where we. Thank our listeners for tuning in and our viewers as well. And if you want to find us uh, on Twitter, we've got at Ips Rich and at Renegade Statman. I'm at Mikey underscore at uh, chompsx 3 at 3 Don't ask me. Yeah, stupid. Okay, but if you search Renegade Statman, I'm sure I'm sure he'd come up and it would be obvious who it was. Then obviously at Benjamin Bloom at Blue Monday Podcast at Harry from Bath. So yeah, without any more waiting around so you can do it as a team you can take yeah. in turns to begin with and then if one of you is struggling you can play your this your is going to be clues.
0: absolute carnage let's do it as a and team I'll give you some
2: clues as we go because last so, week it
0: was it was generous last week I mean Ben gave clues for pretty much the, all the 22 didn't he <laughs> <laughs> which I'm going to need
2: okay um, do you want to start Rich
0: nope I'm going to we've got a golden goose haven't we so you I, have maybe yeah, I'll confer with stat as we go Murphy. as well
2: yeah of course yeah
0: was Murphy there at that point
2: was he on loan he was he, he's on my list good yeah so you've got Daryl Murphy um, stat uh, Luke Chambers Luke Chambers
0: is in there yeah Scoos surely in there then as well or is he later
2: no, that, Mick isn't okay. is there. I I suggest that you use your golden goose there.
0: Golden Rich. goose, goose. When, when,
2: when when I when I shake my <laughs> head, the,
3: don't don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, he he signed him that. summer. This is Mick's first
0: yeah. season yeah. coming in in November, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. I've, I, can I? Okay. So we we're in the 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 kit with the reds on the shoulders. If that helps. Kyle. Yes. That's deep royal blue. I've
0: got one then. But go on, start.
2: Gherkin. Uh, do you want to use your Golden Goose stat? <laughs> this is going so well. Our and... goalkeeper claims to be an Ipswich fan. Oh, Scott Loach. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're both out. We're out of Golden Gooses now, so we're in sudden death. Um, Rich, you're next up. Cresswell. Cresswell's in there. There's an Ip- There's an Ipswich legend playing for Middlesbrough. It's gone very quiet.
0: This is not good. This an is Ipswich a
2: transition legend. season
0: as well. So you.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking. Of he a... left Ipswich while he was still very young. Um, oh, Dyer. It was a long time before this game. Yeah, Kieran Dyer was playing. Forgot he played for Barrow. He was in. There was another ex-Ipswich player in the Middlesbrough midfield. Led bitter. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Keep these clues coming. These are good.
2: Okay. Uh, there was a Middlesbrough player who had played for Real Madrid.
0: Woodgate?
2: Yeah, he was in there.
0: Is um I haven't I've run out of do we have a Loney up front? Another Loney front?
2: We did have a Loney up front. Did he
0: score on Mix first match in charge? Oh no, that was was it gone start go on.
2: No. No. I think
3: I'll Loney up front. Um so. I want to say this this is not my this is not my guess I'm looking at Rich who's going to shake his head on um Frank nuble
2: i know i
0: was I was thinking uh um, did we get frank you can have Noobel.
2: Frank Noobel because he he was on the bench and he wow. came on yeah, but this was a real lone e team if that oh. gives you any more clues Is DJ
0: was somewhere in there no. Like, but-
2: David, no. McGoldrick. You're only asking though. That wasn't a. That I was wasn't looking at
0: that. That was. That wasn't to you, Mike. That was to.
2: Yeah. Okay. Oh, apologies. <laughs> McGoldrick. McGoldrick's in yeah. there. Yeah. He scored. That was. Yeah. That might have been one of McGoldrick's first goals actually for Ipswich. There was a. Uh, Carlos Edwards. Yep, yeah, Carlos Edwards. Presumably was...
0: captain as well. Quite, that point.
2: quite possibly, yeah. Carlos Edwards was man of the match for Woodbridge Town on Saturday as they drew with Clapton 2-2. Two, two. Shout out to the Woodpeckers. Good fight. Yeah, big up, Woodbridge. Are they the Woodpeckers? <laughs> the Woodpeckers, yeah.
3: The Woodbridge Woodpeckers. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm literally looking at Woodbridge now and I never knew that they were called the Woodbridge Woodpeckers.
2: Well, they're Woodbridge Town and the... Yeah. The nickname is the Woodpeckers.
0: Yeah. Oh. You learn something every day.
2: I want to say another low knee. We
3: Oh, did he get injured? This is a horrible season. Yeah, How this was it? a bad right, I, I tell you, this is such a... It's not a Mick McCarthy player. In fact, wasn't mine. Dave absolutely loves him. You've mentioned the fact about Cole Skews, and we sent him there as part of a swap deal. Jay Emmanuel
2: Thomas. No, no, you're out. Jet. We're both out now. Um, who would you so have let said, me run Let me run through this Ipswich team who beat a Stearman in good there? Middlesbrough team 4-0. Yeah, so you can have Stearman. Uh, so it's Loach who you got, Stearman who you just got, Chambers, Cresswell. You've got all four of those. You missed out Tommy Smith. I've <laughs> had him on on my list. Oh. Yeah, you didn't say him, stat. <laughs> Smith, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos Edwards, now Woodbridge, Gurian and okay. Daw, Oh yeah. Luke Hyam, yeah. Um, David McGoldrick, Daryl Murphy, and the other Loney e played for Hull, Peterborough. Oh, this was his only goal. Aaron, Aaron McLean, oh, Aaron yes. McLean, yeah. Um, it was his who criticised? Yeah. Um the state of shopping in Ipswich town centre he did yeah and he wasn't, wasn't wrong was he <laughs> no he obviously didn't find Urban Vintage shout out to Urban Vintage um, <laughs> yeah. that'll be £5 HMV <laughs>
0: we've got HMV so or do we is that gone as well stat
2: no, I think we've still got HMV yeah come on HMV
3: where's that then is it in the same place opposite Tower Ramparts. Yeah. same place I'm oh, a, right. yeah. it's not called Tower Ramparts now is it it's I called know. Sailmakers of course it is <laughs> It's posh.
2: Okay, so uh, substitutes we had Frank Noble, Anthony Wordsworth, Drury, mm-hmm. Hewitt, Kiznorbo. Who who, I think he only played against Villa. Chopra was an underserved go which is yeah. nice. And uh, Henderson was on the bench.
0: You see, if, if the game had been the Villa Cup game, I might have got a few of those because I think three of them made their debut, didn't they? Kiznorbo, McLean, I think someone else Magaldry. made their debut. McGoldrick, yeah.
2: Yeah. They were there for the taking that day, but we didn't no, have a particularly good side. Really still, um, I
0: find it
3: embarrassing that Chopra um, claimed that he, he scored that goal. Yes, yeah, that wasn't oh. his goal, was it? <laughs> I think it was on um, like a goal bonus. Did Borough yeah.
0: have <laughs> Weeter <laughs> or Downing? That was speculative.
2: They didn't have either, no. Oh, brilliant. Uh, they had a stealing goal. Um, BK Amugu.
0: Yep, big player. Yep.
2: Woodgate. Friend. Was was there? He's Norwich now, isn't he?
0: Or is he still there, friend?
2: Oh, uh, he's still Burrow. He scored the winner for That's the last, is, last yeah. or no, a late equaliser. Did last week. Yeah, uh, Williams. Um, I think is a Kiwi. Um, Kieran Dyer, a Belgian Haroon. I don't remember him at all. Ledbitter, who you mentioned, Marvin Emnes, Lucas Jukovic. Yep. he's a bit of a journeyman. And Ledesma. On the bench, there Josh McEachran reach and Heinz and I won't go through all of the unused subs but one of them was Mr Ficariel
0: blimey wow
3: you I can think it tell was quite
2: that... cool.
3: quite appropriate that one of the players on there was called reach because I think that, that's what I was doing with almost every answer
0: I've exercised that era from my brain now I hope the people who listen
3: to the pod and, and hear hear Dave and, and Ben and listen to it think oh you know I've been walking around the my local park and shouting out Juninho or stuff like that. Um it's
2: really difficult. Yeah,
3: it is I mean, it's tough, very isn't it? difficult, yeah. Yeah.
2: I I mean I found that one quite easy because I had all the players out in front of me. Um, yeah, I think it is easy. If you if you have the answers, I think it? we probably yeah. should have got quite <laughs> yeah, a few more. Yeah. Maybe next there.
0: time I'll have the answers. That'd yeah. be really <laughs> good.
2: Um okay, so um I think we got well, you two got between. You right. probably fairly three got six. Four. And then six three. is generous. I'd take, I'll take seven, seven off. Okay. Yeah. Not good. Right, so moving forward to happier times at Portman Road, we hope. Um, next up, we have Exeter on Tuesday. Not at Portman um, Road, though. What are your hopes for this game? And we move to another tweet from Peter Carr, who asks, what changes, if any, would you make should we rotate or should we play our strongest 11 to give them a chance to gel together Spot on. with okay go on then start yeah
3: sorry i forgot that it's starting with sorry rich um yeah spot on let, let let's play the the majority of the the players that have played in the in the last two games in fact let's see if we can get away with playing 14 we might score a goal but um i'd give them an opportunity to to gel I think we were always really frustrated in the past that Mick didn't really take cup competitions that seriously. You know, 11 changes here and there. Um, if we'd go to Exeter and we play with the same team that we did on Saturday and we lost, well, there you go. They've got another 90 minutes under their belt. Um, I'm not quite sure if we were looking at that team and we were bringing some players in, whether. We've got many more players that would come in and whether we'd really benefit from it anyhow. I think, you know, if you bring Spence in and you bring Sears in, well we know what they can do. You know, we don't know what Caden Jackson and uh, you know Harrison can do. We need to give you know boost their confidence and um, you know, from St James's Park, you know, it's a beautiful stadium. Um Oh, is it Exeter, yeah. Um St James's Park, yeah, that's a not a very good stadium. Um, but it's um it's an opportunity for us to go there and hopefully get a few goals and a, a win under our belt before Saturday
2: yeah I personally um, I wouldn't mind seeing skews rested I'd quite like to see Downs in that role alongside Charleba um, and then maybe Miles Kenlock it'd be quite good to see him at left back because I think Knudsen's almost certainly going to have to play some games at centre back over the next few weeks what about you Rich yeah, you I, any I, changes? yeah I think I
0: agree with both of you That I think they will I think nine out of the 11 will probably be the same. Maybe, yeah, there are thereabouts. I think maybe you might swap the keepers perhaps, but then you need the two centre-backs and the keepers figuring each other out. I think Eden might start. Um, I don't know whether we'll see some of the players we talked about potentially going out on loan, but I think, yeah, you've got to just give it a bit of continuity, a bit of familiarity, and hopefully a win just to boost a bit of confidence.
2: Yeah, I think a win is, is quite important because next up, we have Aston Villa at home, which although that's a that's a really difficult championship game obviously we're poles apart in terms of budgets but I think that's that's a good one because Ipswich are under a little bit of pressure now I think to get a win there'll be less pressure on them against Aston Villa and if we do pick up a win that will be a a real momentum builder in my opinion Um, do either of you have any enthusiasm for that one?
0: I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think it's the same Villa as last season. Um, Obviously, a difficult summer. But keeping Grealish is is a really big thing for them as well. And he was apparently one of the key players on Saturday for them. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, the trouble is we're a little bit unpredictable at the moment. And let's say we win on Tuesday night against Exeter. Um, and build a bit of momentum, as we say, um, you never know. And certainly the goals that Wigan scored yesterday were not particularly, um, there was some defensive frailty there that can be exposed if we can get the wide players attacking them and, and get pace up front, you never know. Um, but Villa have got some good players there. McGinn obviously signed as well, I think, for them. So who knows? I think probably I'd have them as favourites. But, yeah, we need to start getting some points on the ball, maybe a draw, maybe
2: start are you looking forward to being back at portman road for a championship game
0: yeah i
3: am um so when i was in barcelona last week uh i got a tweet so i've moved seats as well um so apologies to those people that when i come and sit near you um (laughs) not revealing where i'm sitting but yeah so i got a view of my new seat so i'm looking forward to that um be good to be back as a season ticket holder but i think you know i was often Kind of, not frustrated, but I found under Mick McCarthy's time at Ipswich that when he needed to pick up a win, he um, he seemed to come up against a, a team that was struggling and, you know, the, the cars tended to fall in his favour. I think a little bit with Villa, the, a similar things kind of happened, but in the opposite way, that um, if we play Villa and lose, I think most fans will say, well, actually, you know, Villa are a, a a good team and I appreciate all the things you're saying Rich about how they've kind of went through with the summer but they've got new owners now and they've invested a little bit more money in the in the club and I, I agree they're going to be they're going to be in the top six I'd much rather be playing Villa at home on Saturday than someone like Reading and walking away from Portman Road when we've we've lost 2-0 yeah we, we lose 2-0 against Villa and people say oh well you know we're still in transition you lose 2-0 against Reading well you know we just need to get a win under our belt um, we have got to play Villa at home at some point, so let's play them on Saturday. You know, we 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 could win. Um, I just hope that we're not clapping and cheering when we're losing four 0 like we were at the, the end of last season.
2: Okay, so yeah, let's let's end it there then, guys. And good good debut from both of you, I think, on this show. Well, we'll hosted, you on screen again, Stat. You love the camera now, don't you?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's um. I, I actually go around the whole time. Just my two children have they've constantly got a got a camera and in a sort of a GoPro, um, just so I can just you know perfect it. But no, <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's, and very, is, it's very
1: it's, it's very nerve
3: wracking being here, and even more nerve wracking doing that 20, uh, two little ducks when you said that. I looked towards the exit, but there you go. <laughs> oh, no, good fun.
2: And Rich, great to have you on screen, showing that you are possibly the most versatile member of the podcast team because you do all of the videos a lot of the editing a lot of hours going in there and you've slotted into a different position tonight and more than held your own i think i think it's been it's been an interesting one
0: thank you very much yeah pleasure to be on a bit of a plug as well i don't know if you mentioned it when i was panicking about two little ducks but ben and i've got a video about a history of the premier league kind of from ninety ninety two to present but a lot of hours and ben put a lot of man hours and time uh, studio yeah. time on that I've one so that. definitely yeah, worth a definitely,
2: look definitely worth a look and listen so yeah uh, to either of you have a, a sign off
0: I've got a thought and start. you can have the last word if you want I think the key thing for me we've talked about it throughout is, is patience is really important I know there's a few people already starting to panic you know it's, it's still early in the season there's still plenty of time there's loans that we can get in as well and I think Paul Hurst has got a strategy there's a vision there I think we need to buy into it, give him time, um, and I think things will turn around, and I think just be nice to each other on Twitter, there's already kind of some crosswords on Twitter, it's, we all, if we're all absolutely supportive, we've all got an opinion, I think just be nice to each other.
2: And start. Peace. Okay, be careful what you wish for. Have bye. Bye. Bye.